Coming up on Locked On Bearcats, why the Bearcats 2022 football season will be the most important in program history. And I'll start it by asking you all a question and my thoughts on what occurred at the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin men's basketball game this past Sunday. It relates to the Crosstown Shootout Brawl in 2011. Very much so. All of that coming up on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On George Washington's birthday, we thank you very much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you. By the way, I completely apologize for not mentioning that yesterday's episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I finished recording the show and thought, and I was worried I did not include that title sponsor in the show. So. Hopefully that covers for yesterday. Apologies to anybody associated with the great company of Bet Online. Um, so there was a question. There was a question that was posed by Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 leading up to the Super Bowl. And the question was, and at first I had an obvious answer, but the more I've thought about it, and the more I've thought about it since the Super Bowl. And the more I thought about it yesterday and today, the answer may not be so obvious. And the question was, would you rather have the Bengals be really good, really consistent for 10 to 15 years, or would you rather have them win the Super Bowl this year but then immediately dip back into purgatory and irrelevancy? And at first I'm like, oh, come on. Of course I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Everybody should. The more I thought about it, though, Irrelevancy and purgatory, when you say those words, you don't like them. And having gone through a five-year stretch where the Bengals were essentially irrelevant and in purgatory 30 years without a playoff win, I kind of don't want to go back to that. And it relates to the Bearcats football program. The Bearcats football program had an unbelievably successful season last year, breaking down barriers as the title of their hardcover book coming out of their magical 2021 season. They became the first ever group of five team to make the college football playoff. This was a program though, that had risen from the ashes of college football irrelevancy back in 2016 and 2017. When you're towards the bottom of the American athletic conference, you're that is irrelevant. A, because even if you're at the top of the conference in most years, the college football playoff committee turns a blind eye at you. And B, you know, when you're at the bottom of the of a conference like that, you're irrelevant. You're an afterthought. You're just another score that runs along the ticker at the bottom of ESPN every week. I don't want Cincinnati to be like that, especially going to the Big 12. I don't want them to be at Kansas in football or uh, any other – low-end Power 5 conference team. What I do want them to be is like Kansas basketball, consistent. If the Bearcats under Luke Fickle, however long he stays here, 
10 years, 15 years, maybe 20 years. If the Bearcats only win one national championship, that's fine. What you can't do is you can't make the college football playoff last year. And then this year, and and keep this in mind now, the Bearcats are going into this season without having lost their starting quarterback, running back, wide receiver, both starting corners, and their starting defensive end. And they're also losing a starting linebacker, two starting linebackers. So that is eight key players from last year's team that you're losing. You are getting back your starting tight ends. You are getting back some starting defensive linemen. You're getting back your entire starting offensive line from last year. But the positions I just mentioned, like you're going into a year where you're coming off of a college football playoff appearance. Now, because the the Bearcats still play in a mid-major conference, who knows if they're even still going to be talked about. But you made the college football playoff. And because you're a group of five team, you're automatically going to get either A, overlooked, or B, you're going to have your doubters. Because can you do it again? Can you show the last year's playoff was not a fluke? It was not the beneficiary of power five of so many power five teams having down years. Clemson, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, who you beat, which essentially knocked them out of the playoff. You know, you were you were fortunate to have only two power five conference champions get in. Georgia got in. They played in the SEC championship game. They were the best team all season. And then Cincinnati is a group of five champion. Michigan, the other team, Big Ten champion. But you had so many teams who had down years. If you go 12-0 and next year, you're showing that it was not a fluke and you're maintaining consistency. Consistency is such an overused term. And yet it can't be stated enough. In fact, I think it might be underused. And as um, I'll tell you in the next segment, I'll give you some teams over the years who maybe, you know, weren't the flashy teams, maybe weren't the biggest name brand teams, but oh boy, were they consistent. And I would much rather be a fan of those teams than be a team that's a flash in the pan and a one hit wonder. I'd That's who I'd rather be. So the Bearcats next year have to prove that last year was not a fluke and not the beneficiary of the things I just mentioned. Because next year, Clemson could be better. Ohio State could be in the playoff again, back in the Big Ten championship game. Notre Dame could be undefeated next year. Georgia, Alabama will be back. Who knows if maybe LSU too. With Brian Kelly now at the helm, I mean, Texas, USC, what if Oregon, you know, makes a run at the playoff? What if Utah makes a run at the playoff? What if any team in the Power Five Conference who didn't make the playoff last year makes a run at the playoff? Michigan went from unranked to number two in the country. You can do that when you are in a Power Five Conference. Cincinnati, and it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a big challenge. But there is, but this is not a program that, you know, says, well, we lost eight key players from last year's team. If we dip to eight and four, so be it. No, 
then it's going to be a one-hit wonder. That You don't want that to be a one-hit wonder, the college football playoff birth appearance. You want it to be, you know, a catapult to Cincinnati joining the Big 12, setting themselves up to be the top dogs in the conference like Oklahoma's been for so many years. You know, you want them to be, I mean, you want to be that way in basketball, the way Kansas has been for so long. That's what you, you know, and going back to football, it it just can't be a one-hit wonder. Washington made the playoff in 2016. They haven't sniffed it since. Actually, they, they did. They were good in 2017. But outside of that, they they, they haven't been very good. They, they did win a, a Pac-12 championship in 2018, but they weren't even close to even being considered for the college football playoff. Oregon made the playoff in 2014. They've come close since then, but they haven't made. They haven't been back. Michigan State hasn't come close. They were good this year, but they haven't made it back. You look at teams that have made the college football playoff. Other teams like um, LSU has only made it once. They have, and they have, they haven't made it any other year, and they haven't been back since their magical 2019 season. You have to prove that this was not a fluke, and there's more pressure being a Group of Five team. The work is not done. This is a program now that, once they especially joined the Big Twelve, and I think this year, if they're you know in the running to have an undefeated season once again, which would be their which would be their third consecutive undefeated regular season, would it be? Yeah. Third consecutive undefeated regular season, you're going to get talked about. The work's not done. Like if you go undefeated again every year, there's going to be talk about this program being a college football playoff contender and a national championship contender. That is who the Bearcats are, and that's why it's so important this season to prove the last year is not a fluke and establish a model of consistency, like several other teams and programs have. Over the years, I'll get to that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I need to tell you about BetOnline.net because football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this February 22nd, Tuesday, George Washington's birthday. I believe it's birthday number 290. <laughs> Just gotta throw that in there. Uh, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I believe I already mentioned that, but thought I mentioned it again. Okay, so, you know, model of consistency. Like, I was thinking about this, and this is why the men's basketball season has been so frustrating because it's a far cry from where you're used to seeing men's basketball in the standings. Over the last 30 years, Bearcats men's basketball has been one of the more consistent programs in the country. 
13 AP Top 25 preseason rankings. Six times they finished in the top 10 in the final AP Top 25. Nine times they were a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, most recently 2018. 12 regular season titles shared or outright seven straight from 96 through 2002. One of those, I believe, was just a division title in Conference USA, but still. And then eight conference tournament championships. This is a program that consistently has done really well in the regular season, has won conference tournaments. They've gotten to the NCAA tournament. I get it. They've only made one Sweet 16 since 2001. And since 1996, when they went to the Elite Eight, they've only been to the Sweet 16 twice. I get all of that. But it's better than what this season has been, where you're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. 2000, and this this applies to the university as well. The University of Cincinnati has uberly good athletic teams. In 2018-2019, you had the football team make a bowl game. You had the Bearcats men's basketball team go to the NCAA tournament. You had um, women's volleyball go to the NCAA tournament and win a game. You had women's basketball go to the NIT. Baseball qualify for the NCAA tournament. And I believe they were the only school, maybe Michigan as well, to do that, to have those teams. Three teams go to the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball goes to the NIT and won uh, three games. Is it three? It's three or four games. Made it all the way to the NIT Elite Eight. Gave TCU all they could handle. And then the um, and then football makes a bowl game at 10 and 2. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of universities that don't have that, that university-wide success in athletics, but UC does. It's because of the way their athletic department is run. They're all about, you know, bringing in high-character athletes. They put a lot of money into their programs. The support from the students is really good. I see so many students at soccer, lacrosse, baseball, women's basketball. It's not just football and men's basketball. And once you join, and once they join the Big 12, that will only continue to grow. John, I mean, John Cunningham is running a very, very good athletic department right now. I know women's basketball has had their struggles this season. Same too with the men's. Women's volleyball has been really good for many years now. And baseball continues to, you know, get better every year, it seems. They've built off of their NCAA tournament. They've only played one full season since then. But they had a really, really good season last year. So Bearcats football, like you see these teams that win championships over the years. Like the Philadelphia Eagles won Super Bowl 52, first Super Bowl title in franchise history. And it's a mob scene on Broad Street at the parade. It's unbelievable. So the Eagles win the Super Bowl. What have they done since then? The most games they've won in a season since then, nine. And they've only won one playoff game, and you could argue they got lucky in that game against Chicago. Carson Wentz only started one playoff game after that, and he got hurt in that game, unfortunately. Think about the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series for the first time in 108 years. Yeah, it was cool and all that. They've only won one postseason series since. One. They lost in the wild card game in 2018, missed the playoffs in 2019, got swept by the Marlins in the three-game wild card um, series in 2020, and then did not make the playoffs last year. In fact, they sold off most of their team. 
um, another team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, won an NBA title in 2016. Sure, they went back to the NBA Finals the next two years, benefited from a weak Eastern Conference. But as soon as LeBron left, they dipped into irrelevancy. What, what, what I want my teams to be is, yes, the Bearcats made the college football playoff last season, but they have been building and building and building for that for years. Like the Atlanta Braves. So having so having lived in Macon now for um, over a week, I've noticed that the Braves are the dominant team when it comes to what I see fans, what gear I see people wearing when it comes to sports. The Atlanta Braves rule Atlanta. The Braves won 14 straight division titles, but they only won one World Series. And there can be any critic out there that says, well, what, what good does 14 division titles do if you only win one World Series? does a lot. The first goal of every season for every team in professional sports should be to win its division. Now, NBA might be a little different. I'm not sure how much meaning there is in division titles. Same, too, with NHL, but because there's so many teams that make the playoffs. But in the NFL, where there's still a limited amount of teams to make the playoffs, and you win your division, you get a home playoff game. And in Major League Baseball, you win your division. You don't have to play in the one-game playoff, the wild-card game. There's benefits of that. So the Braves won 14 straight division titles. That's a model of consistency. That means my team is relevant every single season. My team is going to have a chance to win a championship, a World Series, a Super Bowl, every year. The San Francisco Giants won three World Series in five years. The years they didn't win the World Series, missed the playoffs. 2010, they won the World Series. 2011, missed the playoffs, collapsed down the stretch. 2012, I know Reds fans don't like, won't like me hearing this, and I don't like mentioning this. Giants win the World Series. 2013, terrible. 2014, won the World Series. 2015, dipped back into irrelevancy. 2016, made the playoffs. 17, 18, 19, 20, missed the playoffs. 2021, they made the playoffs, lost in the division series. I would rather have my team. I think about Villanova. They won two national championships in 2016 and 2018, but 2015, 14, 2017, 2019, they lost in the second round. It was it, It's championship or bust. You hate that because then that adds more pressure. If the Cincinnati Bengals for the next 10 to 15 years only win one Super Bowl but get to three or four and get to um, the playoffs every year, win a playoff game in every year but maybe two or three, I would take that. If Joe Burrow only wins one Super Bowl, fine. Because I know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. Not every quarterback is going to be Tom Brady or Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana or any quarterback who's won multiple championships. Ridiculous level that Brady, Bradshaw, and Montana have won at. There was a question asked on Twitter, if Joe Burrow has Matt Ryan's career, four and six in the playoffs, a Super Bowl appearance, would you take that? I said yes, because when you're irrelevant for so long, you want to be relevant. Now, obviously, you want to win a championship, and there will be people who say, oh, come on, you're not having high enough expectations. Yes, I am, because some you don't you know how you know you know how the saying you remember your worst loss more than your most memorable win. Well, you remember irrelevancy more than you remember your highs and having gone through 
periods where the Bengals were irrelevant or they were teasers and sarcasm where, well, we might win a playoff game this year, but they but they didn't. So that's where I'm at. I want my I want the Bearcats to be like the Braves. Yeah, the Braves lost in the division series the last four years. They won the division title. Still won 14 straight division titles. They achieved the first goal of every season, and that was to win their division. When I managed varsity basketball in high school, one of the goals uh, that a player on the team came up with was win the first tournament game. And that season, we went in, we had high expectations. We thought we were going to be really good, high scoring. We were going to have a really good regular season, get a de- get a really good seed in the conference tournament, or the state tournament, rather. We were going to you know, win a district. We were going to do all these great things. And the first goal was win the first tournament game. And our, our, our head coach um, really liked that because he said, you know, we can have all these high expectations, but if we don't win the first tournament game, get to win the first tournament game, to have the opportunities to play for championships beyond that, like the Denver Nuggets, the years where Carmelo Anthony was there, they had these really good teams year in and year out. Do you know how many times in seven years they made it out of the first round of the playoffs? One time. And then after Carmelo Anthony was traded, they made it back in 2011, back in 2012, back in 2013. All three years, LLL first round. Now, recently, they've been better in the playoffs. They've gone to the second round of the playoffs each of the last three years. Remains to be seen what they do this year with with Nikola Jokic. But I just think about, you know, the Kansas Jayhawks, 14 straight regular season titles. The first goal of every college basketball program in a Power 5 conference should be to win its regular season title. Conference tournaments do mean something at the Power 5 level, but a regular season title, a four-month grind through the season, two months of conference play where everybody knows each other so well, it's a matter of who does the little things better, that's significant. I want the Bearcats to just be a model of consistency. Like the San Antonio Spurs. Tim Duncan played 19 seasons. 15 times, they made it out of the first round of the playoffs. You can say, congratulations. Yeah. Like, they they made it out of the first round of the playoffs. They won at least a playoff series every 15 out of 19 times. I take pride in that. And they may not have had Shaq or Kobe or Michael or LeBron. They may not have been a flashy team. They still won five championships in a span of 15, in a span of 16 years. That means something. It should mean something. Here's consistency. The Spurs lost 62 games the year before Tim Duncan was drafted. His first season, his rookie season, they were in the conference semifinals. 50-plus wins for 17 straight years. It's hard to do. We like flashiness. We like champions. What we overlook is teams who are really consistent, like the Braves, the Spurs, the Kansas Jayhawks. 14 straight regular season titles. That's hard to do, and I get it. They only made the Final Four three times. Five times they didn't make it out of the first weekend. They only won one national championship, blah, 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 blah. 14 straight regular season titles. You give yourselves a chance every year. Eventually, you're going to break through with one. The Braves did with one World Series title. The Spurs did with five titles. I want the Bearcats every year in football to be competing for a conference championship, and then if they get to the playoff, They will win a national championship eventually. 
I want Bearcats men's basketball once they get, you know, their footing back. I want them to compete for a regular season title every year. Conference tournament, I'd like them to win it too, but regular season title will mean more in the Big 12 than a um, conference tournament. And then, you know, whatever happens in the NCAA tournament happens. I want the Bengals every year to win the AFC North. If you do that, you never know where that can take you. The Bengals won the AFC North. They got a favorable matchup in the wild card round, and then they got another favorable matchup in the divisional round, and then they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Boom, they're playing for a Super Bowl championship. I choose consistency with the Bearcats. If they go 10-2 and next year, good. With the loss of talent that they had, if they're 11-1 and next year, hey, you only lose one more game with the talent you lost, that's great, man. That's great. Get back to a New Year's Six Bowl consistency. Three straight New Year's Six Bowl trips. And you were in position in 2019 to make it four. That's what I want to see. That is what I want most from this program and the Bearcats. It's why it's been so frustrating this season for men's basketball. Like, we're not used to them just being just bad. Like, in the depths of irrelevancy in a mid-major conference. You know, the Bearcats are on pace to finish their worst in a conference since 2011. They haven't played four games in an NCAA tournament, or, or a conference tournament, excuse me, since 2013. We harp on them for not getting far in the NCAA tournament, but we don't appreciate consistency. I'm going to start to do that. I'm going to start up to appreciate consistency. And then my teams every year are going to have a shot at winning a national championship because they won their conference regular season. They won their division. They won a championship, whatever. I'm going to appreciate the Bengals winning division titles. And so long as they win playoff games most years, there might be a year where they lose their first playoff game. You know, if, if the Bengals make the playoffs for the next 13 years straight, I might be asking a little much, but let's say they make the playoffs. Let's say Joe Burrow plays. 17 years, and the Bengals make the playoffs 14 times, and only twice they lose in the first, and they only lose their first playoff game. I'm taking that. And if they win a championship, I will definitely take that. Winning a championship takes a lot of luck. Like going to the Super Bowl was great, but you, but there are so many things that have to happen in a Super Bowl to, there's so many things that have to go your way to win. And it didn't happen for the Bengals. It's fine. They, they weren't supposed to be in the Super Bowl, and they were. I will take consistency. Because in sports, the worst, you remember it more than you remember it the best. And you don't want to feel that way again. Up next, uh, to, round, to round out the show, uh, my thoughts on what happened uh, at the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin men's basketball game on Sunday. Inexcusable. Uh, reminded me very much of the Crosstown shootout brawl back in 2011. I'll touch on that next here on Lockdown Bearcats. But first, I need to tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you and your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Uh and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain store. From Rock Auto, just $216. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. For example, we encourage me, so they encourage me to discover uh, the car parts, uh, the car part needs to discover how Rock Auto can help and share with your listeners. So that being you, so I'm going to help you discover your own car part needs, discover how Rock Auto can help. Uh, go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this uh, George Washington's birthday, February 22nd of 2022. So, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, the basketball game on Sunday. Uh, look, um, if you didn't watch it, Wisconsin won the game 77 to 63. At the end of the game, Michigan head coach Jawan Howard. Uh, confronted Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard. Greg Gard had called a timeout as Michigan was pressing. Greg Gard called a timeout so he could help strategize with his team to break the press. Um, Juwan Howard took exception to that, and he confronted Greg Gard at the um, at the handshake line. Uh, there was a lot of uh, touching. There was a lot of um, fist fighting, if you will. I, I shouldn't say fist fighting. Um, there was physical contact being made, light physical contact, and then Juwan Howard took his right hand and punched a Wisconsin assistant coach, Joe Havencroft. And um, there, it remains to be seen at the time of this recording, there had not been any suspensions handed down, no fines against Howard or the university, no um, word. Well, there was a word. Um, Michigan athletic director Ward Manuel came out with a statement. And it, it's just, it's just, Sad what happened. There's no excuse for it. They're really, I mean, John Rothstein said it best. A head coach is a symbol for a program and its university. There is no place for that at any, for this at any level of sport. And John Rothstein is, he's this fun follow on Twitter with his, um, his sayings. He's got, um, Slogans for certain coaches and schools, buy stock now, the future. You should have bought stock a long time ago. Um, Jawan Howard's got one, the Fab Vibe. Of course, Jawan Howard played on the Fab Five in Michigan back in the 90s, early 90s. But this is there is no place in our game or any sport for doing what Jawan Howard just did. He's the head coach. And I've said on this show before, the head coach of a university is – to be a symbol, and I have said it, the head coach is the face of a program. College football and college basketball programs are driven by the head coach. The players ultimately are on the on the court or field, help the team and program win games, but it's ultimately the head coach. Players come and go. The face of a program is the head coach. It's not like in the NFL where the face is a player. Joe Burrow is the face of the Bengals. Luke Fickle is the face of the Bearcats football program. 
Um, Wes Miller hopefully will be the face of the men's basketball program. Jawan Howard is the face of the men's basketball program in Michigan. And it's sad because I remember when Jawan Howard took over as head coach in the summer of 2019. He got very emotional in his introductory press conference. How much it meant to him that he was coaching at his alma mater? You know, a place where he was a legend at. He was a big part of one of the best college basketball teams in the last 30 years. You know, that meant a lot to him. That he was going back to his alma mater to be the head coach. And I remember this year where, you know, Jawan Howard was, you know, a hype man leading up to the Ohio State-Michigan game. And he said he was going to lose his voice at the game. And he rushed the field with the students after the game. And he went and embraced Jim Harbaugh. So it's just really sad because when something like this happens, one stupid mistake can change your whole identity. Tom Brenneman, we all know what happened with him. He said something that he should not have said on air. A derogatory remark on air. And and I know there was some polarity with him before that. I happen to like Tom Brenneman. Marty was fantastic, and Tom was too. Tom Brenneman's perception in this city and on a national level, changed like that. You make one stupid mistake. One. And it sucks that society is this way. But damn it, I understand it. One stupid mistake, your whole identity can be changed. If I'm a player, if I'm Hunter Dickinson, for instance, on Michigan... Do I really want to play for that coach now? I get it. I I want I'll give you an example. I'm at the Mercer baseball game yesterday. The Eastern Kentucky head coach. Mercer was playing Eastern Kentucky. I'm at the I'm at the game yesterday, and Eastern Kentucky's head coach is arguing with an umpire. But there was no physical contact made. There was just, you know, he was he was taking his stance. The players were clapping for him, they were jumping out of their dugout. They were rallying behind them. I want a head coach. And and this is basically saying what I want my program to be consistent. And I want my program's head coach to be, I want them to defend my players. I want them to, you know, mold players into young men. I want them to be, I want them to stand up for the players. I'm kind of repeating myself. That's what I want. I want them, I want my head coach to be a great leader. I want them to lead by example. I want them to stand up for my players. I want them to, put the players in the best position to win and succeed on and off the court. I am all about those things. What I am not about is what Juwan Howard did yesterday. If I'm Hunter Dickinson, do I want to play for a coach who does that? I want to play for a head coach who politely, my grandfather said it best to me, politely forward. You want to be politely forward to anyone. And I have made this mistake before, and I regret it, or wish I hadn't. I've learned my lessons. I am politely forward now with anyone I come across, or I strive to be that way. That is who I want my head coach to be. If he has an issue with something, he does not he confronts him in an assertive way, not aggressive, assertive. If I'm Ward, if I'm Ward Manuel, 
Or if, I, if I'm the AD of Michigan and Jawan Howard did what he did yesterday, I'm firing him immediately. I'm sorry. I will not have a head coach roam the sidelines in my arena or for my team knowing he did what he just did. And it's again, it sucks that society is like that. You make one mistake, you're gone. But damn it, perception is reality. At the University of Michigan, which, you know, has been they've been in the news for some some reasons that aren't so good but they're also a very very good school and institution they're very good and they're very good academically one of my grandparents um best friends this couple the the husband has his name on one of the entrances to the medical building the university of michigan has a place in within my family it means a lot to my uncle and it means a lot for those who go there Hail to the victors. There's tremendous pride through that university. If I'm a Wolverine fan today, if I'm a student, alum, a fan, a booster, do I really want Juwan Howard to be the head coach of my team? How can you justify only suspending him two games? If you're not going to fire him, at least suspend him for the rest of the season. Period. So remember Yancey, remember Yancey Gates? Yes, you do. You remember Yancey Gates. Um, Yancey Gates in 2011, the Crosstown Shootout Brawl. It was bad. Gates was suspended six games. Or I'm sorry, I'm not sure how many games he, he was. I don't remember how many games he was suspended. But he was forced to apologize. He did. He ended up being a, a really... Um, important player in the Bearcats run in the Sweet 16 that year. I mean, it. now when you're a player, because players come and go and they're not faces of a program like a head coach is, you can recover from that. You can still play because you're ultimately the one helping your team and program win games. And that's why Yancey Gates still ended up playing the rest of that season. But a head coach... Should not be doing that. There was a, a, a sports talk show host in Nashville, um, Caroline Fenton's co-host, who I had on Locked on LSU, who I had on the show uh, a few weeks ago. Her co-host, Jared Stillman, who makes a lot of great points, articulates his points well, took to Twitter, and he said, this is a terrible look for Michigan basketball. Yes, for a program that has a lot of history, for a university that's widely acclaimed, for a lot of great things. Their perception it just got tarnished by one stupid act. I get it. I want to ha- I want my head coach to stand up for my players. But I don't want him doing that. He should be fired immediately. I would have said I would have gone down to the locker room after the game. And I would have made him book his own flight back home to Ann Arbor. I'm dead serious on that. Because if I'm an AD, I run my program with the utmost morals and ethics possible. Not what Jawan Howard did. It's different if you're a player like Yancey Gates in the Crosstown Shootout Brawl. Players ultimately help the team win games. You can punish a player by suspending him internally, or whether or not the NCAA comes down and suspends him himself. You can punish a player doing that and then let him come back. But he ultimately helps your program win games. I don't like what Yancey Gates did. It was a terrible look for the Bearcats at the time. 
But he was going to help the Bearcats win games. It was his senior year. I was go- I would have let him come back. But what Jawan Howard did as the head coach, a one of the most notable Wolverines in school history, especially when it comes to athletics, what he just did, his reputation changed forever. Sorry. Miles Garrett against Pitts against Pittsburgh two years ago. He can do whatever. He can have the most outstanding career for any defensive end in the history of the NFL. You know what fans won't forget? Was that one night where he swung his helmet at Mason Rudolph. At least I won't. It's unfortunate that that's what society is today. But Jawan Howard, unlike Yancey Gates, should never coach a game for Michigan again. And that might be an extreme take. And that might be a take that is widely criticized. But that is how I would run my program as an AD. And I would not even let Jawan Howard yesterday come back on the team plane. And if I'm a player, I would not stand for that. If I'm a player and find out my head coach does not get suspended, I opt out the rest of the season, and then I enter the transfer portal. Unless a new head coach is in place. I'm dead serious about that. That will do it for me here on Locked On Bearcats for Tuesday. Uh, plenty to get to still the rest of the week. Bob Huggins is a finalist for the college for the Basketball Hall of Fame. I'll state my case as to why he should be in the Hall of Fame uh, tomorrow and later on this week. More on football, the combine approaching, uh, the NFL draft right around the corner. Hard to believe. Uh, men's basketball's got a crucial game tomorrow. You know, the silver lining with being towards the bottom of the conference is bid stealers could be a bid stealer. We saw it last year at Georgetown and Oregon State. Maybe the Bearcats are that this year. Uh, thank you, as always, for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3FrankieGmail.com. As always, you can check out Lockdown Bearcats on our YouTube channel, Lockdown Bearcats. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, helps more listeners like you find this podcast and helps grow the show. Um. We'll be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow. And until I talk to you then, have a great rest of your Tuesday. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.